everybody. This is Hondo Carpenter from Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast, joined by my dear friend and colleague from the spun.com, editor and publisher, the great Matt Holatic. Matt, first of all, I can't believe it. Summer's all, I mean, we're just barely into summer, but man, camps start this month. It's exciting time of year, isn't it? It is. I got, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say it's July. Training camp will be starting in a couple of weeks, um, you know, and and we'll be right back into the daily grind of, you know, keeping up with what's going on around the league, what's going on with the Raiders. It amazes me how fast the season go. It always used to seem the season went so fast and the offseason was so slow. And maybe it's just because I'm getting older, but, man, it seems like the season's fast and then the offseason's fast. I mean, it literally seems like we just got back from the Super Bowl and here we are already getting ready for camp. Um, <clears throat> we started a series last week going through looking at some positions. And we're going to come back to those next week because I really want to get into us. Uh, there are four really big position battles. Now, there are more than these four, but there are four really big ones that I want to dig in with you today on the Raiders coming into the 23 training camp. And the first is guard. Now. I want to talk about, I think Dylan Parham is pretty much solidified. He's got his job. He had a really good rookie year. He played really well. I don't think his job is up for contention. But you come over to Alex Barr's side, and Alex, when healthy, played really good. You know, did he have some mistakes? Yeah, and and I always laugh because we don't attack fans in this podcast, but you'll always, they'll want to, when you say somebody played good, They'll send you a video of somebody beating them. Everybody in this league everybody gets beat. Reps. Yep. Yeah, everybody does because everybody's good. But you look at Alex, and they were very happy with his production. Josh Jacobs loved them. Um, did he lose some reps? He sure did. So did everybody else. But he's a guy that played really well for a rushing title winner. And then, interestingly enough, um, they go out, though, and bring in a Greg Van Roten. And Greg is a solid guy. He's healthy all the time. He's very productive. These two are going to have a battle. I think they both make the roster, but I think there is a battle there. I think Bars has the inside edge because he's the guy coming back. They know what he did last year. They know about the Russian title. But I think Roten's going to have every chance to beat him. That's going to be a position battle I'm interested in watching. Your thoughts? Sure. And, you know, <clears throat> Alex Bars, they only have him under contract through this season. Uh, but you would think, I mean, just going off the way football is and the way that, um, you know, the way organizations kind of approach things, I would think that the Raiders are hoping that Alex Bars wins that battle to start and plays well. Started 14 games last year, only 27 uh, again, he's a pending free agent. So it's not like they have him locked up long term. But if they could, if he plays well and it becomes a, a reliable piece, then he's somebody that maybe you could sign for a three or four year deal, and you have you know a building block type player. Greg Rode has obviously played a ton of football in his career uh, at the NFL level. He's bounced around with the Jets and and with the Bills and a couple other teams. So you know he has experience. You know he's seen a lot and, and can handle. Uh, what's thrown at him whenever he comes into a game to me looking looking at it like those type of guys those guys that have been around the block they're vets 
they are the guys that you want to have quality depth. And, you know, if they have to start to fill in for somebody or someone gets hurt, you know you have no problem putting them in there and they're capable. Uh, but you would rather see the younger player kind of seize the moment and, you know, the ascending player, so to speak, take that position. So if I am had to guess, I'm thinking that the Raiders are hoping Alex Bars wins that job uh, with Greg Van Rote, uh behind him and, and being able to fill in for him or Dylan Parham or elsewhere on the line. Well, I can tell you right now, I, I think they want Alex to win. It's why I said I think he's got the inside edge. But to add a Roten who a Van Roten who can play in so many different places, that's a really key cog to pick up. He's a guy that if an Andre James were to go down injured, you can slide Dylan Parham over, put Van Roten at guard. There's just he's so versatile. He adds at that interior offensive line, he adds a lot of parts. <clears throat> he's um, going to be a I really just- good. I want to correct myself. I'm sorry. I kept saying Greg Van Roten is Van Roten. I don't know why I got – maybe I need an extra cup of coffee so far today. I know his resume, but I got his name wrong. Sorry about that. That's all right. But so it is, I think that's going to be a battle. Again, I think Bars wins it, but I think it's going to be a battle that's fun to watch. Next, we're going to come into defensive end. Now, let's not pretend there's no battle with Max Crosby. In my opinion, and I'm going to be addressing this in a in – a, upcoming podcast this week he is the best defensive lineman uh be defensive end in the nfl and i know a lot of people say you know what about this guy what about that guy i'm going to be addressing that later in the week but he is there no one's competing with him now max doesn't know that max literally thinks he's that his job is in jeopardy i've never seen it i mean he just plays at such a high level he always you know i got i that chip on the shoulder. Nobody wanted me as a recruit. You know, then I'm a late round draft pick in the NFL. Everything I've got to win is mine. So I love that mindset, but I'm not, he's not in this conversation, but you got Malcolm Koontz, Chandler Jones and Tyree Wilson battling for who's going to be that other starting defensive end. Now make it real clear. Chandler Jones is the other starting defensive end. But he didn't have a good year last year. And there were times he was extremely productive in causing pressure, but he wasn't productive in the stat department. Malcolm Coons, I thought last year, this staff didn't do him right. When Chandler was not producing, uh, I think you saw some things from Coons that thought he that I thought he deserved some more reps. Not hating on Chandler. Love him. Great guy, great player. I like him personally, but I think he's a Hall of Famer. But I just think it's about what are you doing for me right now? And then Tyree Wilson. To me, I think it's a battle. And I'm curious, when the season's over, who do you think is starting late in the year? Who do you think emerges from this group? Do you think it's Chandler Jones with the backup? Do you think it's Koontz finally getting an opportunity to get some real reps? Is it Wilson getting completely healthy and playing like he should play? What do you think? I think that, you know, obviously, ideally, I think that the the best case scenario for the Raiders is by the end of the year, they're still in the hunt for a playoff chase. Chandler Jones is productive and Tyree Wilson is working in there and no, with Max Crosby and those are your top three pass rushers and they're all playing a lot. Um, I anticipate I think by the end of the year, whether Chandler Jones has a 
you know, a monster bounce back season or just kind of, you know, one of his no normal regular seasons, excuse me, I think Tyree Wilson is going to be in there playing bulk of the reps by the end of the year as long as he's healthy and he is looking, he's progressing and feels comfortable playing um, that much, at, that big of a role that early in his career. You don't draft a guy in the top 10 to have him sit. You can bring him along a little slowly. You can you know, work him in um, with other guys, but you're not really bringing him into red shirt or to only play a, a small role. He's going to play a lot. Malcolm Kuntz is fascinating because this is a third-round pick. So third-round picks are expected to contribute. Uh, he's going into his third season, and that's kind of a make-or-break time because only a four, obviously only four-year rookie deals in the NFL – um, you know, you, but if you're not really establishing yourself by the, your second season, third season, the latest, it's not looking great for you, at least with that team that drafted you. Mm -hmm. you They're going to probably look to replace you. So he's, I, I think, in terms of this biggest sense of urgency, he probably has the, the most of that group because he has to prove something this year. Chandler Jones is, you know, in his 30s, part of an elite career, possible Hall of Fame career. Um, you know, the, if he plays well this season, the Raiders can keep him around for 2024. If they don't see enough from him or they, they trust Tyree Wilson, they restructured his deal this offseason. They could get out of it before next year. Tyree Wilson obviously is is the future, but, you know, the Raiders have four or five years to work with him so they know that, you know, that there's no the, – not that the pressure's not on him to perform right away. You want to leave a good first impression. But he doesn't have necessarily that I'm potentially fighting for my career type pressure that Malcolm Kuntz may have. Um, so I think Malcolm Kuntz has the most to prove. I think that by the end of the year, if all goes well for the Raiders, maybe Chandler Jones is still starting with Tyree Wilson getting a lot of reps uh, in relief or in different packages. But I do expect, uh, I think, more likely Tyree Wilson's the starter by the end of the season. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I, You don't bring a guy in at that position to get picked, that money. And, you know, I, again, I, I, my rule on rookies is I have no expectations in year one. I just don't. But you have to have expectations on first-round guys and, and, and second-round guys. Now, I will tell you this, I do not have the highest expectations for Tyree Wilson of all the other rookies in this class, yeah. just because he's coming off of an injury. But I do, at the end of the year, expect him to be that other guy opposite of Max starting and getting a lot of reps. Now, I want to go to another position because it's one that I find fascinating. It's tight end in the Josh McDaniel system. You got O.J. Howard, who... In any, there's no argument. He has every physical God-given gift that you have to have to be great in this league. Power, speed, everything. His battle's been injury. And then you come along to Austin Hooper, who I think of the three right now is the best of the tight ends. I think he's super good. And then Michael Mayer, who I think I have the highest expectations of him of any rookie on this on this roster. I think he's a stud. He was a, a mid-first-round grade. The Raiders stole him in the second round. I think he's going to be exceptional. I think if, if Howard can get it together and stay healthy, the Raiders could have the best tight end core by the end of the year in all of the National Football League. 
But I think it's going to be a battle. I think Hooper comes in one. I think Mayer, if not week one, early in the season is that second tight end until Howard proves his ability to stay healthy. But I think it's going to be a battle watching these three go at it. Your thoughts? Should be a lot of fun for you guys out there to see that in camp. I expect from day one, two guys are going to play big roles early because, I mean, almost every team is utilizing two tight ends heavily these days. Um, You know, there's a lot of 12 personnel. You know, Josh McDaniels is going to utilize two tight ends a lot coming from New England. Uh, I always feel like Austin Hooper, when, you know, throughout his, his run in the NFL, whether it was in, you know, Atlanta or Cleveland, kind of an underrated player, you know, not a spectacular tight end, not going to be the upper echelon types, you know, like a Kelsey or a Waller or a Kittle, but a guy who's going to be productive uh, in that kind of next group of of tight ends and a guy that, you know, you could do a lot of things with. I think as long as he stays healthy, he's going to be productive and he's going to be reliable and counted upon for the Raiders. Michael Mayer, I agree with you expectations-wise. He's a guy who I think was one of the safest picks of the draft. I said it before the draft, before the Raiders even took him. I thought that people were kind of overthinking it with him. I think they were, you know, he was so productive at Notre Dame. He was so consistent, did, exhibited the ability to do everything that you want from a tight end. I think he's a plug-and-play guy. He's going to be, you know, a 10, 12-year contributor in the NFL. So I expect him to be – if he's not the starting tight end, a guy who's playing a lot right from the jump and is, uh, you know, living up to that draft status with the Raiders. And then O.J. Howard's kind of like that wild card, like you said. You know, he's a guy who has had a lot of, you know, injuries in the past. His health has been an issue. When he's been on the field, he's shown flashes. There's a reason he was a first-round pick six years ago. Can they tap into some of that still? You know, obviously now a guy's getting into, you know, his mid-late 20s, which is you're getting older for football years. It sounds crazy to say that, but, you know, he's not a young pup anymore. Um, So how much is he able to still contribute? How much is he able to stay in the field? Um, I think all of that will factor into, you know, what kind of a role he has uh, for the Raiders this year. I agree. Then last we come to safety. Uh, you know, we know Marcus Epps, guy's a superstar, and he's going to be a starter day one. There is no argument. Trayvon Morg, but who's going to be that other guy? Trayvon Morg, his rookie year, had a great rookie year. I talked to people all over the NFL that that told me, because I always do a guys who could take the next step. And going into last year, everyone, every team I talked to, oh, Trayvon Morg, Trayvon Morg, Trayvon Morg. He had a terrible last year. And um, so did Nate Hobbs. Now, Nate had an injury for part of the time, but Nate was never Nate. So to me, that rests on coaching when two of your players, there's an old adage, if one of your players is screwing up, it's on the player. If more than one's screwing up, it's on coaching. And because clearly they're not getting, I think the coaching last year struggled, specifically Chris Ash, his contribution is a defensive back coach. But there's Trayvon Moore, Jaquan Johnson, is a is a defensive uh, safety they brought in as a free agent. Roderick Teamers, a guy they've had around here, has played well at times, shown flashes. But this rookie, Chris Smith, out of Georgia, I'm high on him. 
I know he's not the biggest guy in the world. He's a headhunter. I really, really like him. Your thoughts, who do you think emerges here and, and gets that other safety spot? Again, you're talking about the year three, year three, which is what we said from Malcolm Kuntz. Uh, obviously, Jermon Morick has done more in the NFL than Malcolm Kuntz has. But what kind of player are you going to be? Uh, year three is going to tell a lot. Are you the guy that looked like a, you know, locked in starter, potential star as a rookie, or are you the guy that took a massive step or two back as a, as you know second year player? And your your spot, you know, your your first string spot is now in jeopardy. I would expect, I think, unless he really struggles in the preseason, you would think that he would start the season as the the second starting safety. But listen, here's the thing, you know. Again, we talked about this uh, a couple of podcast episodes ago about the Raiders are in a position where they're looking to find guys who are going to be building blocks for the future and guys that you can count upon. If Trevor Morick doesn't show that early on in the season, they're not going to hesitate to throw in some other guys at that spot. And I think that that's the right way to do it. And if, you know, they have options with Quan Johnson, who's started to take a bigger role every year. He was there at Buffalo. Roger team has been around, knows what, what, what the, he's capable of, knows what the, the staff wants of him. And now you have Chris Smith, who, was viewed by many as a potential steal for where the Raiders took him in that draft. I think they could find, you know, a lot of production there. I don't think they're going to throw him right into the the fire right away, but I think that if he starts to show he's acclimated and he's ready to go and Javon Morris slips, they won't hesitate to plug Chris Smith in and for a starting role or a bigger role earlier on. It's going to be fascinating to me. I, I'm a huge Trayvon Morig guy. Um, I'm a huge Trayvon Morig guy because I I think last year had a lot to do with coaching. Um, I know the risk. You know, what's funny is, is when a team lets a player go, you really know when you're a journalist and you're plugged in because you'll know how many teams are going to be circling around that guy, how many are going to want him. I'll give you an example. I think one of the biggest things that Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler did last year was letting Alex Leatherwood go because they sent a memo to that entire locker room. We don't care if you're a first round pick in year two, and it's going to cost our franchise a boatload of money. You're gone. If you don't produce, I think that was the best thing they did personally. But when you look at them, I mean, there are NFL teams circling around Hey, if they let more go, we believe in that kid. That kid's going to get a shot immediately somewhere else. And I think that tells you a lot about his value. You know, when you got a guy, we we I knew talking to people. Now, first of all, I never thought they would get rid of Alex Leatherwood because in the NFL, you never cut a first rounder going into year two. And I listen, I think it was a great move. I didn't think they would do it. But you knew there wasn't a lot of interest in him. And, and there wasn't. I mean, the Bears had nothing. So they were willing to take a, a gamble on him because they literally had nothing. But there were no other teams saying, oh, we got to get that kid. We got to get that kid. And but you there are with Morig. There's a lot of people that like him. I, I think is it it's going to be fascinating. Obviously, Jaquan Johnson, I think, is a guy if I had to guess. 
And I think if Morig falters, that's who they plug in there at first. But I think Teamer could. But I think you're right. They're going to play Christmas slow. Watch what he does on special teams. Watch what he does in some certain packages. But there's a lot of high expectations for him inside those Raiders upstairs offices. All right. I want to get to my point, though, about Alex Leatherwood, about um, they sent a message to that locker room, and I think it was a good message. We don't care who you are. We don't care where you're drafted. We don't care how much money you're going to cost. We're going to play the best players. I think that was a big thing that Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels did. And quite frankly, I think it's going to make them better long-term. Your thoughts? I would agree. Again, you know, you're you're starting to trying to establish a culture in your first year as regime. He wasn't one of their players. And in the NFL, one of the things that I've kind of noticed is you're going to make mistakes. Um, and then, that, again, he wasn't one of their – they didn't draft him, so it wasn't like they made the mistake of taking him in the first round. But teams are going to make mistakes. General managers are going to make mistakes. Coaches, you know, you know, no one, no one's going to bat zero. Oh, no one's batting a 1,000. How quickly you're able to pivot and move off those mistakes and, you know, course correct and, and you know, kind of eat your losses and, and move forward – says a lot. Um, and I think that that's really what they were trying to do. They said, listen, you know, we didn't pick this guy where he was taken. He's not filling the role that, you know, we would like to see him fill. He's not, you know, doing what we want from him. So why would we subject ourselves to, you know, another year or two of just the same thing of, of being, you know, kind of let down and, and him not, being a fit here costing us money while we're wasting our time mm -hmm. we'd rather spend the money to get another and have another guy or two in there to, to fill that spot who maybe makes our team better so i think that that's one of the things that you can't be afraid to do in the nfl and i do think that was you know a smart thing for them to do last year now we'll see you know if you keep if you keep having to do that over and over then it's a problem because then you made too many mistakes you got too many guys in there that aren't, you know, doing the job. But I think for a first-year regime, for a player they didn't take, I thought it was a fine move. All right, now next week when we come back, we're going to get into detail on the Raiders' wide receivers. I think there's a lot to talk about there, um, a, a lot to talk about. And then we're going to really dig in. We've talked about tight ends today. So next week we're going to talk about receivers and corners. And I think there's that, that that that's going to be a long podcast, but I think it's going to be a good one. So I'm Hondo Carpenter from Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast, part of the Fans First Sports Network, along with my buddy, my friend, my colleague from thespun.com, the great Matt Halatic with another week in the books. Happy Fourth of July, everybody. Man, camp's just a few weeks away, Matt. It is. Best time of the year. Totally agree. We'll see you next time, everybody. This has been a Las Vegas Raiders Insider production on the Fans First Sports Network.